the message. We're going to be, uh, this morning we're going to be over in Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. I know we was, we was in Matthew last week and uh, just going to keep, keep kind of running with this. And uh, I, I, love, I love this scripture right here. And it's, it's about going the extra mile because as Christians a lot of times we just kind of, we just kind of stop. We don't put forth as much effort as we, as we need to. And, and we're going to look at going the extra mile as a Christian this morning. And there's a story that I had read, um, and I, I've read this several different places, and I, I like this. And, and it's, it talks about this truck driver. And he'd been driving all day long, and he's just so tired. And uh, he went to this little truck stop, and he's going to sit down, and he's going to eat him, eat him a bite. So he pulled in, and he ordered his food, and he got him some coffee and his supper and the and uh, sat down, and these bikers were there, and they, they was the mean bikers. They they were the Hell's Angel style bikers. They wasn't very nice people, and they came over. There's three of them, and they came over to this trucker, and they sat down. And they started picking on him a little bit, and, and uh, one of them sat down and, and and grabbed the the driver's coffee, and he drank his coffee. And the other guy came over, and he grabbed a hold of his hamburger, and he just started eating his hamburger. The other guy came over and was just messing with him. And uh, once it's all said and done, the truck driver got up and he got his, he got the the ticket, his his uh, his check, and he went to the counter and he paid for it, left a tip, and just walked on out. Well, the waitress kind of followed the truck driver out, and uh, watched him get in his rig and take off. Well, the three bikers said, "Well, he ain't much of a man if he won't stand up to us," and that. Waitress said, we ain't much of a truck driver either because he took out three motorcycles on the way out of here. <laughs> How do you handle those situations? Do we go the extra mile as a Christian and, and take the, do we take this abuse and, and be the Christian, be the bigger person and stand up to them and show them a love of Jesus? Or do we run over the motorcycles? What do we do? How do we handle these things, these situations? How do we respond to situations in life? Because we all get hit with situations. We all might not have a bunch of uh, motorcycle gang people, you know, come up and drink our coffee. They might not want to drink mine. I drink mine black. I guess that's why nobody ever drinks my coffee. But how do we handle situations in life? How do we handle it whenever either the Lord takes you down a road that you don't want to be down or the devil throws a wrench in your plans, one of the two, because both of them, and a lot of, a lot of times in our minds, they're equal. Have you ever thought about that like that? Am I being punished or is this just God testing me right now? Is this just God taking me outside my comfort zone? Because a lot of times we get confused with that. I, I mean, I'll be honest with you, that's kind of what I was thinking Wednesday night. Is this the devil or is this God testing me? Is this God taking me outside my comfort zone What's going on? I need answers. I want answers. I don't know what's going on. What is it? How do we respond to situations in life? If you've got your Bibles open, stay with me just a second. We'll be over Matthew 5, 38. See, Hunter? It just falls apart. I don't have to, Hunter's Bible is exactly, what would you say, five pounds? It's like a little young and he's holding over there. Matthew 5, 38. You have heard that it hath been said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say unto you that ye resist not evil, but whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if any man will sue thee at the law, 
and take away thy coat, let him have thy cloak also. And whosoever shall uh, compel thee to go a mile, go with him, Twain. Give to him that askest thee, and from him that would borrow of thee, turn not thou away. Keith, would you open us up in prayer? Amen. You can have a seat. How do we respond? Now, first question I'll ask you, and we won't get to the points yet, but first question is, what is what is justice according to the law? There's different definitions. And now what we're going to look at right here, uh, uh, Jesus himself was was bringing back, I'll read this in a second, but he's, he's bringing back scripture from the Old Testament. But what is justice according to the law now if i was to ask mr professor over here in the corner to define that that's lengthy i would say there's that's deep you can't just give a one sentence definition of what is justice according to the law because there's so many different laws out there that we are to follow in the old testament it was eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth and i guess some people probably still use that <laughs> they'll throw that out in court sometimes too just you know that's what the bible said you know, I thumped his head because the Bible says eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth. Well, that's Old Testament. That's old law. And that's kind of what Jesus was quoting was Old Testament. Exodus 21, 24 says, eye for an eye, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot. Leviticus 24, 20 says, breach for breach, eye for eye, tooth for tooth. As he hath caused a blemish in a man, so shall it be done to him again. And Deuteronomy 19, 21 says, and thine eye shall not pity but life shall go for life, eye for eye, tooth for, for tooth, hand for hand, foot for tooth. Foot for foot, foot for tooth, sorry, foot for foot. This was, a, this was not revenge, but this was, this was justice. So we look at it as revenge. When we say eye for an eye, tooth for tooth, we look at it as revenge. They did this to me, I'm going to do this to them. But the way that it was meant to be was just justice. It is just not uh, being rebellious, not going against them, but it is making sure that per the law, by the law, that justice was served and not to be done out of our own hands, but let the law do what the law is supposed to do to protect them. Revenge happens when we, we feel that justice was not served. That's where we have to be extremely careful. When we step up, and we actually had this conversation two Wednesdays ago with, with somebody here at the church, just, we have to be really careful. When we feel like the law hasn't done what the law is supposed to do, we can't take it into our own hands. That's where revenge comes in. We, we get angry. We get mad. We say, well, the law enforcement didn't step up. They didn't do what they were supposed to do, so I'm going to do it myself. Well, you're going to get in trouble, too. If you start to look at revenge and taking it into your own hands, you're going to get in trouble. So God in his wisdom said that an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth would ensure that people would not seek revenge. That was, his, that was the goal. If, we say, if God says this, then they won't do it. They will not seek that revenge. There was a, a, a farmer that had this really nice apple tree farm, this beautiful orchard, and he had some of the best apples in the world. And unfortunately, some of the apple trees grew really close to the road, so people would come up and they would park beside the fence and they would cross the fence and, or at least reach over the fence 
and they would take his apples. Some of the best apples he had was right on the edge of that road. And so it was, it was starting to bother him. It was, it was trespassing. They, they were taking his property. And uh, one of the ladies one time, as this farmer walked up, approached the car, and they were getting some apples, the, the lady said, we hope you don't mind that we take a few of your apples. He said, no, not at all. He said, I hope you don't mind that I took some of the air out of your tires. Same thing in it. That was eye for an eye. That's the way he took it. That was his revenge. You take my apple, I take your air. Well, then they're stuck. They're just going to sit there and eat apples until AAA gets there anyway. So we've got to be careful how we take revenge or if we even take revenge. We're not supposed to do that. We need to seek justice, not revenge. So now that we've got the law out of the way, we'll look the first thing this morning about going an extra mile. How are we going to go as a Christian? How do we... We go the extra step, the extra mile. How are we going to, to, to go past, don't, not revenge? How are we going to get through the revenge side of it? How are we going to actually go and be the Christian we're called to be? How are we going to go an extra step to be at the better person, bigger man, as they say? How are we going to do that? And the first thing we've got to look at is going the extra mile may involve submission to injuries. You may get hurt physically and emotionally. You may get hurt. Going the extra mile Sometimes you get your toes stepped on, sometimes you get the wind knocked out of you. But going the extra mile may cause injuries. Verse 39 tells us, But I say unto you that ye resist not evil, but whosoever shall (coughs) (coughs) smite thee on thy right cheek, turn to him the other also. Jesus, he's the ultimate example of turning the other cheek. I mean, honestly, if there is a poster child for, for turning the other cheek, it's Jesus. Of all the things that he went through while he walked here on earth, all the things that he went through, even up to the crucifixion, all that he went through, he was the poster child for turning the other cheek. Now, this does not imply that, that we're to let our families be murdered and do nothing about it. You know, we're not just supposed to sit back on our hands and, and watch things go, go down. We're not supposed to watch as, as our family is abused or taken advantage of. We're not supposed to just sit and watch. We are to be active in that side of it and to protect them. Paul, I want you to think about Paul. We were reading about Paul this morning in Colossians. Paul appealed to his Roman citizenship as, as times to preserve his own life. Sometimes you've got to take advantage of things that you have uh, 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 at your disposal. Uh, Paul did that often with his Roman citizenship. He took advantage of having that document saying that he was a Roman citizen and he was able to get in and get things done because he take advantage of what you have as a Christian to go the extra mile. What do we have? We have the Holy Spirit. Take advantage of having the Holy Spirit and go an extra mile. Take advantage of still having our Bibles in our hands as Christians, as the church, and go the extra mile. Use that Bible, because we're supposed to, use it to preach, use it to teach, use it for guidance, use it as that roadmap. Use it to go the extra mile. Use what God has given you as a Christian to go the extra mile. Step up. Step out and step up. Step out of your comfort zone and step up to the plate to go the extra mile as a Christian. That's all he's asking us to do. Go the extra mile. There is a, uh, there is a guy named Richard Weaver, and uh, he, uh, he worked in the coal mines. And there, there's uh, some really good YouTube videos out of some coal mine workers that one of them is a, a preacher. He's fiery. I love to watch him. He gets Every morning they get up and they do a little devotion. He preaches for about five minutes, but he gets more done in five minutes than all the preachers combined in Avery County can in an hour. The man is just on it. This guy named Richard Weaver, 
worked in coal mines, and he would he he was a witness. I mean, he was a witness to all these workers. He would go in and, and he would just show the love of God everywhere he went. But he didn't cram Jesus down anybody's throat. And that's the way it's supposed to be. You don't just cram, you'll run them away. You'll turn them from Jesus before you turn them to Jesus. And so this Richard Weaver guy, he said, uh, he was talking to this other guy one time. And this guy told him, he said, I'm sick of your constant preaching. He said, I, I, I don't feel any better once you get done with your preaching or or." or reading the scripture or whatever you're doing he said it doesn't make me feel any better and and he said i've got a good mind to smack you in the face he said i just want to punch you one time it make me feel better and richard told him to do it just do it and so the guy turned to walk away turned around and come back and he punched him in the face just decked him and then he walked away and this is what happened after he punched him uh he said the unbeliever struck him and then walked away, cursing him under his breath. Weaver called after him. He said, I forgive you and still pray that the Lord will save you. The next morning, his assailant was waiting for him when he came to work. He said, oh, Richard. He said, uh, his voice filled with emotion. He said, do you really forgive me for what I did yesterday? Weaver said, certainly, I forgive you. And he extended him his hand as he told him again about salvation. God opened the man's heart. And he was ready to be saved. I forgive you, and I love you. I don't care what you do to me. I still forgive you, and I love you. What's that a picture of? The cross. Ain't that what Jesus said? Lord, forgive them for what they do. For they know not what they do. Lord, forgive them. This man, all he needed was was Jesus. He needed somebody to show him love, and Richard was able to do that. Just show him the one that loved him more than Richard did. Just show him the one. Richard Weaver was willing to be hurt so that one will come to Jesus. One. Jesus did the same thing. Jesus would have went to that cross for just you. He would have died just for one of us, but he died for all of us. And we need to remind people of that. He died for all of us, but he would have went for one. You think about that, how, how, how the saints, how they rejoice over one come to salvation, over 99. I love that scripture. One, are you willing to get hurt for one person? That's it. Are you willing to, to take the abuse so that one person will come to Jesus? I, I, boy, I hope so. Whether your toes get stepped on or the wind gets knocked out, or you get punched in the face. Whatever it is, are you willing to, to go the extra mile and take the abuse that may come with it? Uh, we, can't, we can't comprehend all that Jesus did on the cross, before the cross. All that he went through with the abuse and the scourging and his beard plucked and the, the cat and nine tails and the whipping and the lashes and the spit and the mockery. All that he went through for us, I believe I, I can handle a busted nose once for somebody to come to Jesus. I'd take it. For somebody to come to Jesus. But that's the idea here in this verse. If, if we'll bring someone to Jesus, then are we willing to submit to injury? Now, second thing, going the extra mile may require a submission to personal property. Verse 40 says, And if any man will sue thee at the law and take away thy coat, let him have thy cloak also. Now, the law didn't allow the outer garment, the cloak, to be uh, taken from a person because the outer 
the, you had the cloak and the coat. The cloak was a covering. It covered the coat. Y'all may have some of those. We have these at home, the, those jackets that's got the fleece liner inside that you can zip in, zip out. I love those things. So you can wear the fleece if you want to, or you can just wear the outer shell. But that's the same thing as a coat and a cloak. The cloak is the outer cover. The coat is the inner side of it. And it was the law that you don't take a man's cloak. You don't take the outer garment. That was the protective garment. The coat kept him worn. The cloak kept him dry. You don't take a man's cloak. But the Bible verse right here we just read says, And if any man will sue thee at the law and take away thy coat, let him, take, or let him have thy cloak also. Take them both. Here we have a person who's trying to take advantage of the law. Jesus, is, he's saying that it would be better to suffer a small loss than to have an, an attitude of revenge. It's okay to have a small loss, but don't have that, that vengeful heart. How many of y'all have ever murdered somebody? In our, in our minds, our hearts, have we not? I'd kill him. How many times have you ever said, I'd kill him? I'd kill her for that. I, we've all at least <laughs> thought it once. I, that, that's not what he's asking us to do. He, he said, don't have that kind of attitude towards somebody. 1 Corinthians 6, 7 says, Now therefore there is utterly a fault among you, because ye go to law one with another. Why do ye not rather take wrong? Why do ye not rather suffer yourselves to be defrauded? Paul's telling us right here that we're better off being taken advantage of than to bring shame to Jesus. Don't shame Jesus. Don't shame your church. Don't shame your family. That's just, you know, I don't like being taken advantage of. I got a pretty soft heart, and I've been taken advantage of a lot. I'd much rather be taken advantage of than I had do or say something in my life that would bring any shame to my Jesus or this church by the way I would never I would not want to do anything to bring shame to him or y'all so if I get taken advantage of so be it that person you know if it helps them I mean, it's it's happened numerous times I've been taken advantage of I've I've given where I thought I should give and that person would use it for something they shouldn't. But you know what? I gave it out of heart because I thought I was helping. They'll deal with it later. You know, I've done my part, and they'll, they'll deal with theirs later. We know that the Bible says God is going to meet our needs. We know that. God's going to meet them. We've seen him meet them. Amen. This church has seen him meet needs time and time again, I know. We know that. God will meet the needs of those that are struggling if they'll just call upon him and ask for help for those needs. But don't take advantage of those that are willing to help either, if you know what I mean. If you know this is a given church, don't come to this church asking for a handout, and you really don't have that need. I, I, think, I, I don't know if I've told the church this, but when I was at Beach Valley, we had a guy that kept coming through the parking lot on Sunday mornings with his, his disabled daughter. I'll just do that. Uh, she wasn't. And for several weeks, we would try to help them. We'd either give them money or we'd take them into the, the fellowship hall. They'd go through the food pantry. They'd get food, whatever they needed. But they knew we was a given and a loving church, and they was taking advantage of us. She was not disabled. They did not need it. They just needed, wanted money. We finally had to stop. We put our foot down. 
found out later they were hitting a lot of churches on the backside of Beach Mountain in 321. They were doing that just getting money. Did we seek revenge? Nope. Why? Why bother? Did we go out and chase them down and flatten their tires or try to get our money back or get our food back? No. We didn't. Don't seek revenge. Don't bring shame to God. They came to the church. They took advantage of the church. They'll pay for that later. They'll deal with that some, some other time. Don't do it yourself. God knows what, what's going on in each one of our lives. And if you give somebody, and I said this a while ago, who's, who's really in need out of pure heart, God will see to it that you're blessed. If you give to them in Jesus' name, he'll bless you for it. That's all I'll say about that. Number three, go the extra mile. Going the extra mile may require acceptance of burdens. If you're willing to step out and go just an extra step, an extra mile, just go a little further. You know, Jesus did that. If you, if you go and you look in, in the gospel, he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, the Bible says that, and he went a little further. One of my favorite messages preacher David Ward ever preached was going just a little further. Are you willing to be the Christian and go just a little further? And if you are, you may end up taking on some more burdens that you wasn't ready for. Going a little further in your Christian walk tends to, to draw more burdens on you. Not your burdens, but somebody else's burdens. Because if you go back over here to verse 41, it says, And whosoever shall uh, compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain. Go with him a little further. Twain. Go a little further. What happens when you have a, a walk with somebody? Have a, a just you and somebody. Take off and, and, and walk at lunch or at break or something. What, do y'all just walk or do you walk and talk? You walk and talk. That's why it's nice to have friends to walk with. Morris, when you're in the woods, when you're bear hunting, if you can breathe, <laughs> do you talk? <laughs> Same way they're right in that. If you can catch your breath, you, you, you want somebody to talk to. It might not be biblical sometimes depending on if bear got away or not i guess <laughs> might be kind of worldly coming out of the woods but when you're walking with somebody and you're talking with somebody a lot of times somebody's going to confide in you they're going to talk to you about some things in their life that has burdened them down and they need help they need prayer they need a friend they need an ear they need a shoulder they need a hug they need a hand they need an arm they need something from you and so they're going to take advantage in a good way of this time that you're walking and so when you get done with this bear hunt or this lunch break walk whatever you're doing you just gain some burdens but that's okay God placed y'all together so that you could do that you could take on that responsibility as a prayer partner you could take on responsibility as a brother or a sister in Christ and you know what? It's, it is an honor to take on a burden for somebody else. If it lightens the load for them, I'd be more than glad to take that burden on for them and to pray for them and to help them. But going an extra mile, you better be ready for that extra burden to take it, take it with you. Jesus is saying if, you're, if you are asked to help to carry a burden, then our own rights should never come into play. 
I ain't got time for this. If somebody calls you and says, hey, can we take a walk? Can, can I talk to you for just a minute? Can we take a walk? Don't say the ball comes on in five minutes. Can you hurry it up? Don't tell them, hey, we're in the playoffs right now. I really just ain't got time for any more. I, 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 I officiated a wedding yesterday over in Sparta, and uh, the, the, the groom is uh, one of the football coaches down. I don't know where they're from, but he is so flatlander when he talks. His bottom lip don't move. It's that kind of flatlander. Yeah. I don't know where it's at, but he is so flatland. Anyway, he coaches football. Friday night, we're doing the, the wedding rehearsal. His mind ain't in it because his team's in the playoffs. He can't focus on nothing. Every two minutes, he's looking at his phone trying to figure out what's going on. If you're going to be that friend, if you're going to be that brother or that sister in Christ, don't put a time limit on your time that you're walking with that person. Be prepared. Don't let yourself get in the way of somebody talking to you. That's what he's trying to explain to us right here. Don't let your, your own rights, your own emotions, your own thoughts, your own personal things get in the way of being a help to somebody else. Jesus is teaching us that we should be willing to go above and beyond the call of duty. And our primary concern is people and reaching them with the love of Jesus. That's, that is our concern. So when that person comes to you and says, Can we walk? Can I talk to you? Number one, are they, are they Christian? Are they saved? That might be an opportunity right there for you to witness. Maybe they're under conviction right now. Maybe the Lord is just dealing with their heart and He's getting ready to use you as a vessel. Maybe He's going to use you as a means to bring that person to salvation. He's going to use your testimony. He's going to use you praying with them as an opportunity to get that person so convicted they're going to come to Jesus at that point in time. Don't let your personal problems or your personal whatever's going on in your life don't let the the clock or your watch stop you from being that person to help lead them to christ if it means that that you've got to accept some burden then so be it you should be willing as a christian you should be willing to accept some someone else's burdens to help them along the way help lighten the load for the brother if so, if they need it. Sometimes it's a burden to stay up late. I was thinking about this last night. I, I actually did not stay up late. I hadn't stayed up late any this week, honestly. And I normally do. I stay up and I try to try to study and and get ready. Now my body shuts off at ten. So if y'all try to get a hold of me at ten oh one, I'm 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 unconscious. Is my just so y'all know. That was my curfew growing up. I had to be home and in the bed at ten a or ten p.m. ten p.m. I'm 39 years old, and they still got the fear of God in me. If I ain't home and in bed at 10 p.m., my parents are going to come find me and whoop me. And they might. I don't know. But you stay up late, and you study, and you're getting ready. I, I would love to use Keith as an example, but he's nothing like me. He reads it like five minutes before church, and he's done. I study for a week. I'll study for weeks on certain things and, and try to, to be prepared. And you stay up, and you work. And you study, and you study, and you study, and you go to bed late, and then two hours later you get a phone call. So-and-so's in the hospital. They don't know if they're going to make it. Or something's going on at so-and-so's house, and, and we need prayer. Do you mind? To, can, you, can you get some people together? Can you pray? Whatever it might be. Don't say, I ain't got time for this. I've been studying for two weeks, and I have got very little sleep, or the baby's not sleeping good. I can't use that excuse because Murray stays up with him. 
but whatever the excuse may be, we can't use that excuse. We accept the burden. We get up and get on with it. Accept the burden. It, and again, it, it ought to be an honor. There was, there was a couple people I had to call this week that was unaware of what was taking place with me. And so I just, I had to call and, and tell them physically. I wanted, to te- I wanted to be the one to hear, to tell them. I wanted them to hear it from me. Do you know why? It's because I respect them and I know they'll pray. I know they'll pray. I know that they don't mind taking on that burden. There are some people that will be pretty blunt. I can't handle no more. I got a lot going on in my life right now. I can't handle anything else. So be it. That's that person that you probably wouldn't call and ask for help for prayer because they've, they've let you know that they can't take it anymore. They can't take on anymore. You might be called on to go above and beyond, but you do what you got to do. Be willing to step up and go beyond. Get up and accept it. Now, the fourth thing, going the extra mile may require a readiness to share. Be ready to share. Verse 42 says, Give to him that asketh thee, and from him that would borrow of thee, turn not thou away. Now, this verse does not mean that that we are to uh, just blindly give it away. We don't just blindly toss out, here's my wallet. Just take it. Here's my credit card, my debit card. Here's my checkbook. Just take it. Here's my house. Here's the keys of the truck. Just take it. That's not what this verse is telling us. We're called to be good stewards of what God has entrusted in us. Our houses, our, 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 our vehicles, or whatever we got. God has entrusted that. He's given us the ability to work and to, to pay and to provide. That's from God. God actually owns it. He has it. He just used us and gave us the ability to, to pay for it. So we've got to be careful with how we use that. The Bible says if a person is able to work and provide for themselves and the family doesn't, to provide for themselves and the family and they don't, then they shouldn't eat. Second Thessalonians 3.10 says, For even when we were with you, this we command you, that if any would not work, neither should he eat. i got a big problem with people like that. I don't know about y'all. It bothers me that there are people in this world that are able to work and provide for their family, smart people. I mean, I mean, smart. Like they're smart here, but and and y'all may have, Keith may know some contractors like that, or people that are that are they're carpenters. They're extremely good carpenters, but lazy as well. Poop. They won't do nothing. I've got a. I've got. I'll, I'll say this. I don't mind to say this. I've got a cousin that is married to a preacher, and he refuses. He's by vocation, but he doesn't do the by thing. He just does the vocation. He just thinks he is to preach on Sunday morning, and that's it. And he, is, he believes that the church and God will give him anything else he needs. Yeah, I believe God will provide, but I believe if you're willing and able to work, he'll provide you with a little bit more. If you can't, if you're able to work, go work. If you're able to do it, if he's given you a good strong back and a strong mind, use it. Don't neglect your family. If he's given you two hands and two feet and you're able to work, go work. I'll read that. Paul says it again. For even when we were with you, this we command you, that if any would not work, neither should he eat. That means you and I are not obligated to help them. If that helps you feel any better about it, we're not obligated to help them. If we know and they know that they're able to work, but they're just too lazy to do it, 
we're not obligated to help them. I don't mind to help somebody in a time of need. Maybe they just lost their job and they're in between finding a job. I don't mind. If I can help them in any way, I will help them in the first few weeks or month. But if it's been a year since they've got a job and they ain't really too active looking, I'm done. I'm done with it. Go find a job. I'm not going to get on that soapbox. When somebody has a genuine need and they can't possibly get themselves, get, get where they're going, as Christians, we are obligated as Christians to help them. If they just, they just got a, a rough start, they just, whatever, lost a job, whatever it is, and they're trying really hard, it, we can help them. Oh, by all means, help them. Especially if, uh, if they're not in church, that's just a, another good witness right there. The church loves you, and we're going to help you. Bring them into the church. Step up. Going the extra mile is tough. It's not easy. It means that we, we serve without complaining. <clears throat> One more time. We serve without complaining. Sorry. Not sorry. Serve without complaining. Without griping. Without criticizing. Without self-pity. We, we are to serve. We're serving Him. We're serving Him. First and foremost, we're serving Him. Everything we do... We do it in his name. But we're helping others. Don't complain. Don't gripe. I want you to think about, again, go back to Jesus. Did y'all ever see Jesus' mortgage on his house? Do you ever see that written in the Bible? Did you ever see the style house that he lived in? Did you ever see the fact that he, it may have been a, a I don't know, 10-bedroom mansion? Maybe it looked something like the Biltmore house. Did you ever see in the Bible where Jesus had a house? No. He did not. When he was an adult, we don't we don't know where he did. We know he didn't stay anywhere. I mean, he just slept on the ground, slept somewhere, somebody else's tent. He slept somewhere. He had nothing. He had nothing. And we got a lot. So when somebody is hurting, when somebody is without, think about Jesus. Think about what he did not have and how others helped him, how the disciples helped him, how people in the community helped him, gave him a place to sleep, gave him food to eat. Think about how they helped him. Think about how we can help others. And don't complain about it. If it means, if it means that our, our heart is set on reaching out to the lost and, and hurting around us, it means that we need to do this in regardless of, of the consequences we need to get out no matter what again you might get your nose busted i don't know but we need to to step out and go the extra mile no matter what the consequences might be god has a purpose for our lives got a purpose for everybody's life and that purpose is to try and win as many people to jesus as possible that's what we are here for once we are saved and become a disciple we are to go out and be disciples and try to reach as many people as possible as quickly as possible. Because we ain't got much more time here. We can seek revenge on, uh, for ourselves, or we can show mercy. I'll kind of stop on that for today. We can seek revenge, or we can show mercy. Are you going to be Richard Weaver and take a punch to the face and then lead that person to Jesus? Are you going to be the truck driver and take out three motorcycles? I'd take Richard Weaver any day. 
not in a fight, but <laughs> I'd take somebody like that. I, I would want to be like that. Show mercy, not revenge. Go the extra mile and be merciful. Show grace, show love. That's what Richard Weaver did. He showed love. He let that guy hit him. He let him hit him. And then told him he loved him and he forgave him. Jesus let the crowds mock him, scorn him. All the things that he went through. And he showed love on the cross. And he asked the Father to forgive him. That's exactly, that's, again, that's, he's a poster child. Jesus is the poster child of how we are to treat others. Show mercy and show love just like he did. If y'all will stand with me, we're going to close out. <clears throat> y'all just keep praying and I'll keep you posted. Just leave it at that. As soon as we hear something, I'll let you know. Hopefully back here Wednesday night and um, play. Still working on that? Okay. All right. Figure it figure out. Do what? Maybe. Maybe. Okay. Working on something for Christmas. All right. Anybody have anything on their heart or their mind before we dismiss? Close out. Nothing. Miss Georgia said she's getting ready to move all the way back in the house finally. Hopefully by Thanksgiving you'll be cooking turkeys in the kitchen. Be good, yeah. Yep, it's been it's been a long road for you, ain't it? Yep. Almost. Kylie. Y'all remember Kylie, they're still it's foot and mouth. Or Hoof and mouth, what Carolyn was calling. <laughs> She's, yeah, if y'all seen the picture, she looks pitiful. Just So y'all be in prayer for her. And Ethan's got a fever, so he's not doing good. That's where seeing everybody's at uh, today. So y'all just remember them. I know it's, that's a tough one, and it's just, it's running rampant right now. So just remember that. And then Jonathan, I mentioned that. Jonathan's got COVID, so that's why he's not back there in the corner. We didn't we didn't clean that up, by the way, so don't don't go over there. <laughs> really? Okay. Okay, all right, that's good, good to know. All right, let's pray. Father, we just want to come to you this evening and just thank you for uh, your grace, your love, your mercy. Lord, just thank you for your goodness and uh, just where you continue to sustain us, even though we physically know we just don't deserve anything you've given us. Lord, we thank you for uh, just showing that love through all the things that you've given us, through your blessings 
And God, today we just want to we'll lift up this individual that's uh, down in Gastonia. She heads up to uh, Indian or Indianapolis, Lord. As she heads up for uh, this multiple uh, organ transplant that she's going to go through. God, I pray that you just give her safe travels there uh, with her family. God, I pray that you would just uh, be with those doctors and all as uh, they get ready for this major operation. Lord, just uh, knowing what it takes to uh, receive these organs, Father. I mean, somebody probably had to lose a life. Uh, and Lord, we just pray that uh, you would comfort those families that lost a loved one. But Lord, we just rejoice in the fact that they were uh, donors and able to save this life. Father, we give you praise, honor, and glory for that. And Lord, just pray for uh, good news to come from that in the next uh, few weeks. And Lord, that uh, the body would accept and not reject. And uh, we've got Mary here as a proof of uh, what can take place uh, whenever you're involved in these surgeries. Lord, we just thank you for uh, being there with Georgia as well. And uh, the long journey she's had with her house and pray lord that you just uh, allow her to get moved in here quickly and rest in her own bed and be with her family here at thanksgiving and lord again we just thank you for this church for being a praying church and a loving church and lord just ask that you be with us as we go through this week uh, father give us uh, the strength to be a witness and a disciple to those that may be lost around us allow us to be a light uh, not just here at the church but lord just let each one of us individually shine your light in our lives through those that are or to those that are around us. We love you and we praise you. I bless your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. We'll see y'all hopefully Wednesday night.